The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so we are we are today going to discuss a fascinating topic. At least I found it fascinating. Um, I can't promise you will, but the question um, I'd like to discuss is not uh, organ donation, but um, stealing organs. Okay, um, this is a real topic. People, uh, um, there are many stories. Actually, a lot of for some reason happened. I heard it with Israelis. You know, when you go to countries um, in the Far East, and in the Far East, well, and where India, right, or uh, places like that, or some places in Russia. Ukraine, uh, former Soviet Union, where they actually are in desperate need for organs. Um, so what happens is sometimes people um, going in for minor surgery, let's say they have a kidney stone or something, they go to the hospital, they check themselves in, and uh, and many years later they found they're taking an x-ray somewhere and they find out they actually only have one kidney. The doctor says, how come you only have one kidney? So this is, it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's a very common practice, but um, in many of these countries, they do they actually steal your organs. Um, let's say you're coming in for a minor uh, treatment somewhere, so and you're a healthy specimen. So they actually, while you're under, you know, while you're under sedative, they'll go ahead and you know take a kidney. Okay, and you don't, you have no idea because you function, you're healthy, you're functioning fine. You wake up, you're a little groggy, a little pain, but but that's normal after any procedure. So this. Is, there's many stories of this happening. I've never, uh, you know, I haven't heard any firsthand, but it's been in the papers and things like that. And um, so the question becomes, or I mean, the, the question doesn't have to be so extreme. It could be even in where organs are being stored, um, wherever the organ bank is. Um, the same question might arise. How are you? Good. I'm so sorry to be late. You're not late. You're just in time. Hello. Um, so the, the question becomes, so it sounds crazy, obviously stealing organs, right? We're going to talk about selling organs in a, a later class, um, which is a different question. But here the question is, even stealing organs, again, in our Western society, it sounds extreme. But I'd like to talk about it in the context of um, this week's parasha, where there's a famous law, which we've discussed here at Nauseam, famous verse, I don't know if it's a law, but it's a verse which, which seems to be codified which is the, the famous concept of v'chaibahem. That means to save a life, you can override, and anything gets overridden, okay, to save a life. So the question is, in the kind of, we'll discuss, we'll talk about it a little more, but the question is, in the context of that verse, so then why can't I even steal an organ if I'm going to die without having an organ? We're not talking about stealing out of another human being. Um, maybe yes, in that case, even in that case, because technically you only need one kidney to live. So I'm saving my life. There's no damage done to him. He has one less kidney. Right? It's not a major damage. He still can live a pr full productive life. Not any less healthy with the one kidney. God forbid. If he down survives the, the harvest. Yeah, well, we're talking about it's done with upstanding doctors. I, I, I think by definition, <laughs> someone who does this is not really Well, that's the question. That's what we'd like to discuss. So meaning, uh, let's say I'm a physician. And then, by the way, this you speak to people even big ethicists, which I've spoken to in town here, who, when it's very easy to discuss these things theoretically, when it comes to your, let's say, God forbid, someone needs their own organ, 
many times you've you changed. So you can be a transplant surgeon who needs an organ for themselves at some point. I, and we're not going to get into the particular scenarios, but the point is, or even forget about that case. Like I said, uh, you know, just breaking into a uh, lab where they're storing organs for surgery tomorrow. Okay, so the question becomes, what, what's the problem? According from a halakhic perspective, obviously there's legal issues, there's ethical issues, and that's what we'd like to discuss. But if we're saying um, you can do anything to save a life, <coughs> so then why wouldn't I be able to steal an organ? Or maybe I can steal an organ. That's the question. I knew that you might steal my organ, I might not go and have surgery that might be necessary to save my life because I'm afraid you're going to steal my organ. So if I knew halakhically that anybody could come and take my kidney, I ain't going to do it. I think it would be like the opposite of the Catholic girl and the choosing her obstetrician. We wouldn't have, we would, we, no one would want to choose a Jewish surgeon. Well, that is, you know, it's not a question of Judaism, it's a question of general. Um, <laughs> Um, I guess it is more we're discussing in the context of halacha, but the question is in general, meaning the concept of we clearly, and this is the famous hind dilemma, as we are aware of, right? Uh, that was discussed many times, right? The hind dilemma, which which is a famous ethical dilemma, where a guy doesn't have uh, medicine for his, his his wife gets cancer, there's only one medicine in, te- in you know, there's one medicine that can heal her can't afford it, he goes and tries to raise money, he only raises half the money, and he comes to the pharmacist to buy, or the pharmaceutical company, they refuse to give him the medicine, right, because they need to make all their money back on their R&D, and he breaks in at night and steals the medicine, okay, to save his wife's life. Do we prosecute him or do we not? So over there there's three famous answers, but whatever, the point is it's not so far-fetched, right, why this is not so different, I'm stealing medicine, I'm stealing kidney, why? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, it's just not like this crazy scenario. This person's going to die without a kidney, right? We or can without a blood. We can do that. That's okay. Right? That? You can take someone off the street against their will, bring them into the operating room. Halachically? You can take a pint of blood, if it's a rare type of blood, to put it in someone who's bleeding out on the OR table to save the person's life. You're Maybe absolutely okay to do that. Maybe and that's without the totally. Reichman. Reichman. Reichman said that. Really? Totally fine. Exactly. Against his will, right. you can do that. Right. So you can so steal blood. Exactly. Well, that's an organ. But somewhat different because it regenerates. Yeah, regenerates. I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, hey. I don't remember him saying that exactly. Remember talking about totally halachically okay. Not sure he's right. Because we're going to discuss it today. Yeah. But I'm saying. But the point is, I'm not. I'm just saying it's not such an extreme case if you think about it in the context. Or take a different case. where this is also comes up often when, you know, you have people who are starving and they shoplift. Is it okay to shoplift if I'm literally starving? Okay, does that, you know, that I, I, you know, like, I have to feed my family? So do I let them die or do I go ahead and shoplift? Okay, so, so it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it's not such a crazy extreme thing if you think about it. And there are people who, well, there are judges who will not prosecute someone if they're shoplifting. Okay, so why is this so different? Why you seem to be having more of a problem with this? Because well, uh, my first thing is is that you know there's dialysis, there's lisps, there's many different ways to get a kid that you don't have to steal yeah, it. And it's, it's not like talking dialysis, about where this person's the end of his life. It's not like dialysis is uh, that that if you don't get that kidney in the next five minutes, 
you go as you said, you know, you, the guy's bleeding to death on the table. So what if you want dialysis for another month until the kidney becomes until the kid so for a period of time more until the kidney becomes available. It's not urgent the same way. So oh, instead, so okay, so I, I chose kidney. You could be talking about a heart. It could be there's many other things. Well, if it was a heart, I was no, talking we're about go and kill someone to give them their no, heart. No, no, I'm talking about let's say it was harvested. The guy is driving the plane. The pilot is delivering the heart to one surgery. He says, listen. This guy uh, offered me more money, I'm or whatever the case was, or he he knows he has his father needs a heart, so he's gonna well, convert the plane, deliver it to his father. Well, it's always between one, one person. To a certain extent, you're right. It's always between one person but, and another. But you know, moral, you can you can be on dialysis another month until the kidney becomes in a lot. No, it's, kidney it's not as simple as you're making it to find the match, and I mean, there's this. Woman well, in the community I, now who's not exactly been looking a for a kidney. But it's not exactly a match. When somebody goes over, goes to have a goes in to have a vasectomy, it's not like we found out this guy is a perfect tissue. No one knows that it's no, a perfect tissue. We're talking about what it would be. For. Obviously, a case where it's going to work. Like I said, the the. the I find it hard to imagine how you're, you're compromising the person's life because right now you only need if one kidney to live. Ten years later, you might need the second. Okay, so that's I mean, listen, the so chances of a person leaning. Whether you're taking it from an organ bank or whether you're taking it from a person, without their consent. Without you're saying it's different. Yeah. Why? In both cases, you're stealing. You're taking something that doesn't belong to you. Somebody agreed to donate an organ, and right. if you're going to steal an organ, you're removing it without that person's agreement. That's right. No, no, but I'm saying either way, you're they're stealing. Both stealing yeah. Yes, they're both stealing. The question is, you're saying one is... Well, one is also assault. Well, one is also... Yeah, one's stealing plus. One is assault. One is aggravated assault. Yeah. And, st and, and robbery or, or theft. The other is just theft. If it's aggravated assault in Halacha? Of course. Well, I mean, so we think they got cutting the someone over, yeah. Yeah. Now, but I think, you know, the, the one other factor in the equation that we're not adding in is the surgeon isn't doing a freebie. He's he's getting paid for that kidney. So it's no, a, he's got uh, a pecuniary interest. Not necessarily. I'm saying, like I said, I'd say he needs it for a family member. He works in a hospital and, yeah, it's an easy, uh, easy job. Yeah, the, you know, the urban legend is that you go to India and you wake up in the, in the bathtub right, here with, with a moat. With ice. With yeah. ice. And go see a doctor because we took your right. kidneys. So there's, yeah, but it's also in China. I mean, we, we spoke about this here before. There was a question posed in Israel where people seem the Chinese harvest organs from prisoners yeah. against their will. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I um, the question kidneys. is if you know you're receiving such an organ, can you even use it? Are you, you allowed to accept it? Democrats, okay. Democrats. Are you allowed to purchase an organ that on the black market, which you know probably might be have been taken in this manner from a California? Because there is a big black market. This is an, I, I didn't print out this article. This is from CNN, July fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. It says the um, talks about Nepal's organ trail. How traffickers steal kidneys. Says that the illegal organ trade generates profits between 514 million to 1 billion a year. It talks about how this guy, they actually did a they did an investigative report. Um, we traveled to Kavriya, a tiny district close to Kathmandu. What activists and authorities say is grand zero for the black market organ trade in Nepal. Um, for more than 20 years, activists say people from villages in Kavriya have been the primary source of kidneys for sick and desperate patients throughout Nepal. But now the numbers are being tracked. In the last five years, 
More than 300 people have been reported to be victims of kidney traffickers in this district alone. Um, social stigma and threats. Which, uh, anyway, he goes on to say, so it's a, it's a big, it actually is occurring. It's not just a, you know, legend. Um, these things do happen. And then it's for money. In this case, it's for money, yeah, in these cases, yeah. And with the Hasidic rabbi in New Jersey, that was for money also. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So that's different. He wasn't stealing trap. He was paying people to donate yeah. to him. That's a different question, which we'll get to, which is also related to this, but, but less of a question. Here we're talking about extreme case, where you're actually going to um, steal the organ. Okay? So let's start from the beginning, um, which is... So the first thing is, so we have a pasuk, we have a verse here in this week's parsha, totally out of context as usual. Um, the verse says like this: the verse, the, the context is, it's talking about actually maybe you could call it in context, the prohibition against eating blood. Um, um, there's a prohibition in the Torah, even if it's a kosher animal, we don't eat the blood from the animal. Hence, the grandmother used to salt all the, her chickens that she bought. Today, um, we lost that art of salting, because today, we, when if you buy kosher meat in the butcher, in Randall's, wherever you're buying your kosher meat, it already comes salted and soaked. So there's a lot. The reason salting and soaking is not just some heebie-jeebie thing, it's a verse in this week's parasha that says, even that it's pro as Jews, it's prohib prohibited to eat blood, even of a kosher animal. So whether it's chicken, um, beef, um, deer, venison, whatever you're eating, quail. So it's, it's uh, you have to get rid of the blood before eating, before cooking that meat. Well, with beef, isn't it, it's broiled, so that... Uh, if it's broiled, that's... salting. Right, so if you broil the, the meat, then we, it doesn't have to be salted prior. Um, but we, not everyone broils their meat. And it has to be done with, from three day, within three days of the slaughter, oh. because otherwise the blood congeals inside and it doesn't come out. So it has to be done within 72 hours of the slaughter. And basically the process is, um, and this is all our grandmothers used to do this in the house, um, so we don't realize how good we have it. Um, but, but basically you have to, you soak, the, the meat has yeah. to be soaked first for, I believe, a minimum 45 minutes. And then it's salted for at least for an hour, meaning you take, and hence the name kosher salt, by the way. People think kosher salt is because it's kosher. That's came, the name kosher salt that you see on the shelf mm -hmm. is because of this method that was standard. So, so the, you have to use regular uh, grain salt. Regular, coarse. Regular salt doesn't work. You have to use coarse salt, um, like we used the old days in Brooklyn on the sidewalk to melt the snow. So Philly, I remember those days. Uh, totally. <laughs> um, so those, so that's kosher salt. Okay. So that what it does is the salt. Um, for the right word, I guess, schleps out the blood. That's the right word. Uh, so if somebody blood. has hypertension and eating salt will be dangerous for their health. So can you, can you eat tofu? Huh? Eat tofu. Yeah, it washes off. I, there is higher sodium. I just read a book, a fascinating yeah. book on kosher history in the United States called Kosher USA. Uh, and uh, he talks about there how one of the, when New York State in the 50s or 60s um, started a fraud unit for kosher because there was a lot of fraud. Um, the state started it, and they the whole and they one of the ways they would test the meat in butcher shops was salt content to see if it's kosher. I Meaning if they knew if the sodium content was very low in the meat, they knew it wasn't kosher properly. 
and they would uh, they would find the the proprietor just because the low sodium content of the meat. So there is so you, you are correct. It is a higher sodium content. Can you salt the meat with potassium chloride instead of sodium chloride? It's a good question. I don't know the answer. Um, I don't know if it, wor if it works, technically. Anyway, it's done on a, uh, you know, you have to do it on a thing with holes so the blood can actually leak out, etc. So without, without getting into that law, but that's the context here, um, I believe, of this verse. Did they salt the whole animal, no, or actually, did they sorry, salt the piece of steak that they were that was good? No, so they once they cut it into basically into slabs of beef. Then they yeah, salt I, the I mean, the first have to cut out is forbidden fats in every right. animal. It's a big process. The reason why kosher meat is expensive is so not just because someone's making money. You had the, the side of beef with all the things that you were not going to eat, and then you put salt on that. No, the first have to cut out is forbidden. There's the, the sciatic yeah, nerve, the, the, the fats. Yeah. After that, so then usually it's in these uh, whatever, you know, I don't know, twenty pound slabs. But not the whole side of beef at once. Usually, I think they do it for some reason. It's, cut, it's already cut into slabs. So once it's cut into slabs, that's when they so they cover it completely so in salt. So it's one step before Both you sides. start slice. One step before yeah, you yeah, slice yeah. it into a steak exactly. to serve to, to exactly. salt to the lady. I don't have to do the whole side of beef. I'm saying it's too I mean, big. In, in, to in the old days, which is um, yeah, not yeah, before my days, my father, the Holy Shalom, was a kosher butcher. Oh yeah. So cool. you'd, you'd he would sell the meat on kosher, on kosher, so oh, that you you take oh. your you'd go to the butcher store, you'd buy your, your roast, you take your roast home, you soak it, and you put it on the drain you know, with the salt on the drain board. Your roast, not right. the whole right. Meh. Yeah, I oh, so you mean in those days, you say when you did it yourself, yeah, of course you were doing yeah, it in much smaller I mean, they would never do it the massively. Uh, right, right, it's only today where people don't want to touch... So I, have, I assume they would take the whole thing before they cut it into a vat, soak it, and then salt it. Yeah, the people at home, that's what I'm saying, so it was a messy... No, but messy. today, they would take the whole... Right. Side. Oh, the, the, yeah, the, but I'm saying not the whole side of beef, it's no, too big to work with, yeah. The, the whole... Slab, like for uh, for a rib roast, you take the whole rib roast. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, sell it yeah. Of course, pieces. of course. No, I'm saying even bigger pieces than that. I'm talking about really? like thirty pounds. Yeah, that's the way I've seen it. I've seen videos of it, but I've done it at home. It's just it's a messy job. You have to have soaker. You have to have it's, and it's disgusting. And you have to have place later, and your counter gets all dirty. So it's not a fun thing. So um, that's what they do it in. Okay, so the so actually. This is all have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Actually, I made a mistake. So that's the next the next verses. But the point is actually, and then it also talks about another fascinating thing. Once on the topic is you're supposed to cover the blood as a mitzvah in the Torah. It's one of the six hundred thirty commandments. After you slaughter the animal, you suppose there's a bracha you make. I've done this, and you cover the blood that fell on the floor. Just again, it's it's another beautiful concept in the Torah of showing kill the animal, but you still have respect for its life force, which is the blood, and you cover it with dirt. It's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah tar. Um, that's done for for fowl and animals. You don't give it to Certain Jehovah Witnesses. Oh, they're not into the blood. So now, so then, okay, we, we're, we're getting totally off topic here. So you have to what? Can you use it for fertilizer? Yeah, yeah. once it's covered, you're done. Now you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Blood meal is great. But so, so, that, so this is really nothing to do with what we were going to talk about today. And I made a mistake, I started too early, <laughs> so I apologize. So, but the next part then gets into, the next part of the parasha gets into forbidden relationships, um, various, a whole long list of incest, etc., and various forbidden relationships. We're not going to get into them, 
at this juncture. But um, so after when the, the introduction to those forbidden relationships, the Torah says like this. It says, uh, I'll read the Hebrew and translate. Says, God spoke to Moshe saying, this is this week's parasha, by the way, okay, speak to the children of Israel. Say to them, I am your God. As the deeds, the practices of the land of Egypt, which you dwelled in, you as a Jewish nation shall not commit those same immoral deeds. And so too in the land of Canaan, which you are now coming into, they're also immoral people and don't commit Asher Nim Bibbi Eschem Shama, which I'm bringing to you, bringing you to there. Lo Sasu, you shall not do, Ubechukosem Lo Telech. You shall not do and you should not follow their traditions. Okay, so Egyptian culture, God said, we don't, I don't want you to be, I hope you didn't pick up anything from the Egyptian culture. Um, um, and it's a prohibition to do anything like that. And of the Canaan, Canaanites, which is the land you're going into, their culture is not so great either. Don't do any of their traditions. Um, and then it goes on to say, the next verse, Es Mishpatai, and it seems like it's by the rest of the parish, it's specifically referring to the sexual immorality that was uh, that was happening in those cultures at the time. Okay, um, sort of like Mississippi. So mishpatai tasu. Okay, so so you shall. So he goes on to say, carry out my laws. Ves and you shall keep my uh, safeguard my statutes. Alechas behem to to follow them. Ani Hashem alokechem. Again, I am your God. Ushmartem, this is the key verse here. Ushmartem et chukosai ves mishpatai. You shall keep my statutes and laws. Asher yase osam, which you shall do ha'adam. Asher yase osam adam. Vachai bohem, you shall live by them. Ani Hashem. You shall live by them, I am my God. So in the simple reading of the verse, all it's saying is you shall live by the Torah, live by the, the, these laws. Okay, it's um, these societal laws, so to speak. Or actually not, we'll see in a second. But the, these laws, you shall live by these laws. Um, that's the simple interpretation. You know, these are the rules which you live by. The Talmud, in its beautiful fashion, broadens this to mean that this is one of the key sources that we discussed many times in the past for that the Torah is telling you that if there's a mitzvah that threatens your life in any which way, okay, by performing, by performance of that mitzvah, your life might be in danger. The Torah says, no, v'chaybahem. Torah is saying, you shall live by my commandments. Okay, so if by performing the commandment, your life will be in danger. You're not allowed to, to do, do that mitzvah. <coughs> okay, so we're very different than other religions. We don't like sacrificing our lives for, for God. We're not into that. Um, so we're about preservation of life, which is right here. So from this verse, the Torah is telling you, you shall live by the commandments. So again, so that means if, uh, as we discussed many times, your doctor tells you um, before Yom Kippur that on Yom Kippur you need to go and have a double cheeseburger at, uh, at uh, Whataburger, okay, with bacon, so, so, and drive there on Yom Kippur. So that's around seven violations in that one doctor's orders. Okay, then you, it now becomes a mitzvah to do that on Yom Kippur. You have now the mitzvah to eat the double bacon and cheese on Yom Kippur, even though you're breaking your fast, driving to the Whataburger, spending money, you're paying money, you're all those, at least seven violations, probably more. It becomes a mitzvah now based on this verse here, which says, you shall live by the commandments. Okay, because the verse says, don't eat on Yom Kippur. And it says, don't eat non-kosher. And it says, don't eat uh, meat and milk, etc., etc. But the fact that the doctor is telling you, if you observe this commandment, 
of not eating on Yom Kippur, you're going to, your life will be in danger. You may have a mitzvah, it's one of the 613, to go ahead and, and eat that bacon and cheese. Okay? Um, if you can find that doctor, let me know. Can you get a second opinion? <laughs> what? Can you get a second no, opinion you don't have from to. somebody who's no, saying? No, because if, if the second opinion sells you, you don't have to eat it, you still have to eat it. Because we go, we don't take chances when it comes to life. Is this zero sum? Is that one mitzvah of eating that Whataburger? Well, you get seven Exactly mitzvahs. the same as the sins you get from breaking all those others? Are you no, behind the couple no, of No, it's one mitzvah of a chaybam. This mitzvah, it's a mitzvah of a chaybam. You have an obligation but you not to violate the commandments. Yeah, seven sins. If you eat it, you're, it's seven sins. If you, if you, sorry, if you don't, if you don't eat it, sorry, yeah, it's only one sin if you don't eat it. You, you, uh, you violate the chaybam. If you eat it, you violate nothing. You, you perform this positive commandment of live by the mitzvah. But you broke all those other ones. No, you didn't break it. Because uh, life overrides the other one. So, so you didn't break it. So you could do a these guys could do a great business on the daily for Yom Kippur. Coming out of retirement. Okay, so now, so based on this, uh, of course we know there's three exceptions to the rule. The three big three, which is um, Murder, adultery, or other sexual immoralities, and idolatry. And idolatry, yes. Okay? Um, so now the question is so, again, so coming back here, so it seemed like, so here it's just a question of stealing, a little thing. I'm stealing someone's organ. Not killing it. It's a fine, healthy specimen. He can live on one kidney the rest of his life. So what is the problem? It's a very simple, clear cut answer. Open the Torah. Torah says. You're, you violate all the other 613. Stealing is not included in the big three. So that means, technically, if it's a question of violate the prohibition of stealing or lose my life, I can steal. Very simple, clear-cut answer. Heinz dilemma taken care of. Um, robbing a grocery store if you're starving, shoplifting. No problem. If I'm truly starving, my kids are going to die, or I'm going to die, I can go into Walmart and, uh, and shoplift. Not a problem. I think in Walmart it's permitted, actually, to shoplift. Um, uh, <laughs> you didn't violate um, anything. Um, so, so uh, the so that 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 would be the simple interpretation. Of course, nothing yeah, so simple in, in Judaism. Yeah, that's What's the difference? Again, we're not talking about you killing me. If I cut someone's heart out and kill him, that's murder. Of yeah. course, that's prohibited even to save a life, as we're saying. But stealing. Again, all I'm doing is there's an organ in the fridge in Baylor, okay. in the basement. Okay, or even if I'm cutting a guy open, so at worst it's assault, but it's not murder. But He's, it, I'm going to sell him back up, he's fine, I left the ice be, for him. He could die 10 years problem? later from lack of a kidney. He could be, so at that point, maybe you could, 10 years later, maybe you consider a murder, maybe. Even well, then, it's a cause, I mean, I don't think it's murder. Corneas. Yeah, well then you're causing the guy to go blind. That's some, that might be well, more problem. One cornea. <laughs> no, I'm saying in that case. Uh, yeah, take it from a cornea bank. Right, so same but question, yeah. If you same. steal it from a cornea bank, it's not pico Oh, you mean, mean you're saying this mitzvah is only implied if my life is in danger? Yeah. That's a good point. So, meaning the Torah is telling me, I, can't, I can steal to save my life, but to steal to get eyesight is mine. So, that's a very good point. Although, there is, as we discussed there in the past, uh, there was this famous story, uh, Lisa Flato, who was a, uh, a teenage girl from New Jersey, was on a trip in Israel, and she she got, she was killed in a terrorist attack from West Orange, New Jersey, and her, her they donated all her organs, 
including her cornea, the rabbis ruled it's okay. Cor cornea was received by a Palestinian in the apartheid country of Israel, and uh, and the the it was a big question. So okay, you want to save lives with her organs, but cornea is not saving lives. So how can they donate her? You know, you're allowed to donate organs to save a life. So they they said there one of the things applied was that the Talmud says that if someone's blind, it's as if they're dead. So that was uh, something that's been brought up since then. So, so, so it's an interesting question. I don't know the answer to your question. Okay, so, there was, so it seems very simple, clear-cut case. But, of course, as we know, nothing is usually in the simple or else I'd be out of a job. So, so um, I'm going to read you a Gemara here in, in Baba Kama. Fascinating Gemara. The Mari here is talking about a story with King David. Um, it says like this. Go straight to the English. Um, so quotes a verse, King from Psalms. It says, uh, I don't know where this verse is from. Before I quote it, let me just say, thirty. It's in Samuel and in Chronicles. Two similar verses. It says, "Vayisavet David." There's an incident that occurred in in Tanakh. Um, in the, the context here, this is tracted Baba Kama, which is dealing with damages, the laws of damages, and it's talking about the damages of fire. How do we consider if I light a fire here and it spreads to the next guy's house, I light a fire in my backyard and it causes a forest fire, am I liable for the damage? Listen, I did it in my own property, I had a right to light a fire. That's the question that's being discussed here. So it says, uh, quotes a verse from King David, David had a, uh, David, David had a craving, and he said, if only someone can give me water to drink from the wells of Beis Lechem, Shabishar Ha'ir, which is at the gates of the city. Shabishar Ha'yivkush Lajus Ha'gibor, Mimachna Plishtim, so the three mighty men of David broke into the camp of the Philistines, Ha'yishavu Ma'im Eber Beis Lechem, and they drew water from the well of Beis Lechem, which is at the gate. So the, so the Talmud understands this, seems like the commentaries understand this, to, this is all euphemisms, and it really means, doesn't mean King David needed water. King has plenty of water. Um, it means that he had a question for the Sanhedrin. Okay. Um, okay, so the command says this passage to be speaking of David's wish for halachic guidance from the Sanhedrin. So, what was the question that he was seeking guidance on? Mike Ami Bailey. So, the command says, What was the question? So, it brings two, two opinions as to the question. Um, so Ravuna says like this, Ravuna says, Gidishim desarim the Israel having. What happened was the Philistines, they were, it was a war against the Philistines, the Philistines were hiding, it's a very relevant question for today in Israel too, were hiding in um, piles of stacks of barley in the farms. There was farm roads, you know, there, there was farms, and the Philistines were waiting, I guess, to ambush the King David's army. They were hiding in these piles of barley. The problem was, the Kabibayle, King David was was asking halachic inquiry to the Sanhedrin whether it's okay to destroy to save your life with other people's money because he's going to light the the barley the piles of barley on fire to root out the Philistines. The problem is the barley belonged to Jews. Okay, so he's destroying these the farmers' barley in order to to root out the Philistines. Is that okay? That was the question posed by King David to the Sanhedrin. How do they get from <laughs> stealing water from a well it's, to uh, burning up barley fields? It's really pretty it's, obvious. It's, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But either way, it's a good question. 
if you don't like well, the I mean, source, yeah, the question is a good question. Meaning, uh, can you destroy someone else's money to save your life? Which is the question that we have. Here. Okay, well, yes, stealing would be taking someone else's money to save your own life. So Shalchule, so Sanhedrin sent back to him the following decision: Asur It is prohibited for a person to save himself through the destruction of someone else's property. That's what Sanhedrin sent back to King David. Avo, but an exception for you. Ata Melech Israel, you are a king. And as we know with Trump's wall, this is very relevant, meaning you, you uh, what's it called, the government can take land, can appropriate land, steal um, people's land. Eminent domain. Eminent domain. domain. Right. So, so there's a law with the king, a law of eminent domain. It comes from the Talmud, of course, as everything does. Um, so, the, so they said, yes, normally you cannot save yourself with someone else's money. That's prohibited. But as a king, the king may, bake, may break through another's property to make a road, the Gemara says, or to, ma- to make a path for his armies. That's permitted. The law of eminent domain. And you can't protest against, against him. But it's specific law for the government, for the king. But does okay. it say that the government has to pe- renumerate the agreement? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm going to get to it. So that's a very good question. But the point is that this is the on the surface, that's the Gemara. And the Gemara then discusses who did, who did the piles belong to. They belong to the Philistines, they belong to the Jews. Either way, um, there's still the same question. Can I destroy someone else's money um, in order to save lives? In this case, it was a war. Okay, this is, of course, by the way, the, the big one of the big claims on the Israeli army in the West Bank that they destroy olive trees, uh, Palestinian olive trees, etc. Part of the problem is because the olive trees are planted right on the side of the road where many times there are ambushes on cars driving in the West Bank, Jewish cars, um, Israeli cars. So, so the army comes with bulldozers and clears the olive trees on the side of the road. Um, and of course, and every organization, except including many Jewish organizations, rabbis for human rights, etc. How could God forbid they destroy an olive tree even to save Jewish lives? So this is really King David's question. It's not a new question. Okay, you see, even then you had rabbis for human rights um, who had issues with, with uh, the Jewish government. Okay, so, so the point is, so, so on the surface here, it's a very scary Gemara, because the Gemara is basically saying that's prohibited. You can't destroy the Palestinian olive trees. Um, we, we can't, it's saying very clearly, you can't steal to save a life. That's what it would seem like on the surface. And Rashi seems to understand the Talmud in that way. Rashi says, um, Rashi is one of the foremost commentators here, states on this Gemara. Um, I can find it. The Yatsileha says to save, the, to save lives. Um, Rashi says, so first of all, he explains the story. The story that came in front of them, the in a camp, of Israel, that they they burnt a. It seems like it happened. They the, they burnt the the barley piles, and one of them belonged to a Jewish farmer. And they had to ask halacha. Okay, do they have to pay, etc. So now, the, so Rashi explains vayatzileh. Um, this story, by the way, is in Samuel. Shaloyisrefu, Rashi says. The answer to the Sadhan was, you can't burn the barley. Because it's prohibited to save yourself with your friend's money. 
Okay, right, so that's the classic movie. It's also the classic uh, movie scene, right? You know, you guys running down the street, someone's chasing you with a gun, so the guy you know, rips someone out of the car and, and hijacks the car. So according to this, it would be prohibited. All those movie scenes would is a problem. It's unethical. You can't steal someone's car just because someone's chasing you with a gun. Okay, so 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 that's that's what it seemed like on the surface. If you look at Tosavos here, Tosavos is one of the other commentators. Tosavos says like this. He says, Ma'alat, he understands the Gemara differently. Because again, we have a Pasuk in the Torah that says you can do violate any Torah law to save your life. So why should this be different? So Tosavos says, he understands the Gemara's question slightly differently. He says like this. Ibaile, the question that King David posed was the question that you posed. Not, it's not a question of, can I burn the barley to save my life? Of course I can burn the barley. That's the Pasuk in the Torah. You can violate anything to save your life. The question was, If I needed to save my life, and I ripped the guy out of his car and stole his car, and then I, I you know, bashed, I smashed into a light pole, do I now have to pay him uh, retribution for the car? Is that the right word? Right, do I have to... Re- restitution. Restitution, sorry, yes. For the car, okay? Not retribution, apologize. So ret- restitution for the car. Okay, that's, that's the question that King David was posing. Of course he understood that he's allowed to burn the barley. The question is only as far as payment, do I need to now pay him afterwards? Or, tough luck, listen, it's wartime. The soldiers were in danger, so we needed to do that. Same thing we would apply to the question of the Israeli government. Do they have to pay restitution to the Palestinian farmers, with, olive trees? With the olive trees. Even though, so of course they're allowed to uproot them. The question is, do they have to pay them? And I believe they with, actually do. Were the olive trees planted there so they could get into the marinara sauce business? Or were they planted there so they could hide snipers? So it depends. In Gaza, they were planted probably for, for that purpose. For the but flatter, in the West the Bank. Former. No one's planting in there for that purpose. They just use. They happen to have farms, you know. So it depends where, and uh, you know, we can't put all the Palestinians in one basket. There are different Palestinians, but now in Gaza they might plant things specifically with that mind, have that in mind. But I don't think in the West Bank farmers are doing that just for that purpose. It happens to be those trees that are three hundred years old, arguably not. But those that they just planted yesterday. Right, but in either case, the question is, so according to Tos, according to Rashi, you couldn't, this, according to Rashi, seems to be saying you can't uproot the olive trees. According to Tosos, and you can't steal kidneys. According to Tosos, he's saying the question is not whether you can steal it or not. Of course, if you're going to die, you're going to allow to steal. The question is restitution. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Don't be shy. Are you obliged to try to move the road before you tear up the olive trees? So that's a different, that's a very good question. Meaning if I have another option, well, like he was saying, I can get onto the kidney list and maybe I will be saved in the next year. So that's a different question. Do I have to first use all my other options? Which how, actually, if I remember correctly, I don't know if I wrote it down, but uh, there are some commentaries who understand that was King David's question also. Meaning, is he obligated as the king to first seek other ways to do it that wouldn't harm the barley? In other words, let's say drop stink bombs in the piles of barley before you burn them up. Or does is he allowed to this is uh, the best option. Go with this option, even though it's going to harm the people. That there is other Rishonim who do understand that, that was King David's question. I believe I saw that somewhere. So the same thing would be. Let's say Trump he's building the wall, and he's going through private land, or he's right, right, whatever the case is. So is the government obligated to go seek other methods prior to, to stealing people's land, or you know, to move the wall? Which, by the way, in the West Bank, this is very important when it came to the Israeli wall. Is they could have gone around the village and, you know, made the wall an extra, you know, whatever it is, 5,000 yards, 
it'll cost a lot more money. Or can they uh, can they just go the straightest route? It's really going to be the same question on the Mexican border. A very similar question. Um, so meaning when we build a wall, um, if we build a wall at this point, okay, how is it going to work? Do I have to go ahead and go around people's farms or or can the government just go straight through? Okay, the, I mean the law is they can. They can do whatever they want. But again, the question is restitution. So this is so this is really the machlokis in this Gemara. Again, on the surface, Rashi's understanding it as um, a very simple clear-cut case. No, the Talmud, the Sanhedrin ruled you cannot save your life with someone else's money. Okay, that means you can't steal a kidney. Tosfu seems to be understanding it differently. And the question would be, listen, you need the kidney? Steal it, no problem. But I need to pay. I, I need to come back and pay for it. Or if I took it, if the guy in India, I need to leave him. Leaving ice is not enough. you gotta, <laughs> got to leave him a check for his kidney. Okay? So ice is not going to do it. Um, awfully quiet there. I don't seem to understand. Why do they take one kidney and leave them in the bucket of ice? Why don't they just... Why no, don't they, they take every body part? They tell them to take every body part. They take both kidneys and tell them to go see a doctor. Because otherwise it would be murder. Well, you know... What do you well, mean? Why, I mean, it's they murder already. It's an urban legend. So why... why, why no, they take one. You know, I, there's stories I've heard in Israeli. Is they take one. They're not. Murderers, they don't have money. Maybe they can't refuse it. Okay, so... so that's Tosvos to so Rush. You can steal it. No, no. I'm saying there's an argument between. Ra- it would seem like there's an argument between Rashi and Tosvos here on the page. Here, yeah, don't go to sleep. Someone might steal your kidney yeah. while you're sleeping. I'm um, okay, so so. Um, so I can have something else here. Tosvos, do you show me? Tell me, you show me. Also says, hmm. and then then I do have here what you said. There's other options. D. I don't I don't have who said that, but I wrote down other options. Meaning if there are other options. That's how other authorities learned that King David's question was, does he have to first try to do any other options before, or can he go straight to the burning barley? So that would be the other. And the Shulchan Aruch, by the way, took a picture because it was too big of a book to bring in. Let me find my picture. So the Shulchan Aruch rules like this, seems to rule like this. The Code of Jewish Law actually, believe it or not, discusses this. We have an awesome religion. Stealing kidneys in the Shulchan Aruch right here. So it says like this, Code of Jewish Law says, Asul um, it's prohibited to steal, even if you're going to pay back. Tavu Yaf, talking about a regular situation. So, you know, I want to go to my neighbor's house, I'm out of uh, whatever, I need uh, gas for my lawnmower, his garage is open, I can't go to his garage and take the gas, even though I'm going to pay him back. If, even if you're going to, you, you think, okay, I'll just fill it up later, you can't do that, it's prohibited. Um, Whatever, okay. All kinds of, now, and then it goes on to say, Kola goes as Chavera, if you steal from your friend even one penny's worth, it's as if you took his soul, and we'll see that's relevant. It's as if you, you killed him. Um, because the, the assumption is a person's livelihood, a person's money is connected to their life. A person can't live without money. Money is important in Judaism. So then it goes on to say, um, relevant to us, can't see anymore. Um, hmm, did I take the picture? Of the oh, here it is. Uh, so, so chap, uh, paragraph four says like this: "Afilu b'sakanat mavet." Says the Shachanar. Even if there's a, you're in danger to your life, okay. So you don't have water. You're in the desert. There's no water, and your friend has some water. He has a lot of water. He has, you know, one of those machines, okay. And and you're stuck. You got no water. 
So says the Shachanach, Afilu b'sakanan mavis, v'tzarech ligzolas chaveru, you have to steal from your friend in order to survive, k'day lahatzil nafsho, to save your, your life. Tzarech shelo yikchenu elal das l'shalom. He says, you could only take it if you have a mind to pay restitution at a later point when you're able to. Okay, you're allowed to steal it. So Heinz dilemma, I can break into the pharmacy to, to save my wife's life. But only if, if eventually when I make enough money to pay for the medicine, I pay the, I pay the pharmaceutical company back. If, if I'm stealing it, he says, it would seem to imply from the Shogun that if you're stealing it and you know you're never going to pay it back or with the intention of to pay it back, that would be prohibited, even if your wife's going to die. So this is motivation for businesses to offer a payment plan to people before they steal. Pharmaceutical companies specifically yeah. or generally? Anything. You're basically saying, I'm going to steal it, and then I'm going to have yeah, to... Yeah, but not, it's only to save a life. I mean, it's only to I save understand. a life. We're not talking about stealing, uh, you know... I understand. Uh, what's it called? Uh, so you can go shoplifting for food, for your curing. as long as you start no, a payment plan. if life. you're going to starve. Only if you're starving. I understand. Yes, yes. That's what it's saying. What if you have no intention of paying back? Then you can't. Why not? Die. Why? Oh, so that's a good question. Okay, so that's what we're getting to. Taking me go to my punchline again. Getting there. Patience. <laughs> in a rush. Okay, so so the Shulchan Aruch says, but so what's interesting is the Shulchan Aruch is ruling like Tos. So the Shulchan Aruch is codifying this Gemara, the story of King David, but not like Rashi. It's saying, Rashi saying, no, you can't steal even for us. You can't steal, period. Shulchan Aruch seems to be understanding it like t- the commentary Tosfos, medieval commentary. Um, it wasn't one person, it was a bunch of rabbis together, French medieval commentators. So th- the Shulchan Aruch seems to be codifying like them, saying that, yes, you're, of course you're allowed to steal to save your life, but only if you have in mind to pay restitution for what you stole. What's important to note is the implication from the Shulchan Aruch says, if you, you can't, pay restitution or you know you never you, or your intention is not to pay then you have to die before stealing so it's a fascinating thing and he's saying you could only the language again is read it to you one more time um, language is um, even if there's danger to your life you have to steal from your friend in order to um, save your life it has you have to not take it to negative is equal to positive. El al das l'shalom only with having in mind that you're going to pay restitution. The implication is if there's if you cannot if you don't have that in mind, if you're just stealing it and you don't plan on paying restitution. You're walking into Walmart and you know, and you don't plan on paying them back for what you stole coming back when you get your paycheck at the end of the month. Okay, then you then you are prohibited from stealing even if someone's going to die. So you don't, the implication it, be. you don't have exactly. to pay it back, but you have to go in with the intention of paying it back. So oh, it's a, mind, to, well, uh, it's a mindset. Doesn't yeah, I'm saying, but back. obviously the goal is meaning you have to pay back when you get the money. You if have not, to be thinking about paying it back. And if you can't, you, you can't. You have to be doing it not, I'm, I'm stealing, but I'm not, I'm but I'm going to return what I stole. Yeah. Basically. Okay. If you can't, you so can't. now how do you do that with a kidney? That's a whole different question, by the way. How, do, how would I apply that to kidney? You can't. Um, you could donate back the kidney. Well, that, that, <laughs> I'm saying, but actually, he, I saw this, I brought this book, it's fascinating. I was trying to find uh, who discusses this topic. I couldn't find too many people um, who discuss the topic of stealing kidneys. But he has a case where, I don't know if this is an actual case, I think it was, 
I'll read you a question, fascinating question. He says here like this. Gun, uh, the case here, this is a letter, Tavshin 19, 85 or 95? Um, I think it's 95, 1995. So this is, I'm assuming it's a real case, let's read it. He says like this, in one of the countries, and say, which country? Hitzlichu showed him, listen to this case now, um, some pirates or robbers um, were successful to put Reuven to sleep and took and stole a organ from him a, a kidney, clear as a kidney and they transplanted it into Shimon these are fictitious names obviously for a very high sum so basically this guy hired, uh, you know, it was a black market, he paid them they went to India, they put this guy to sleep took the kidney out okay, and then now they're going to perform the surgery Hadavar Nodal Shultanus, it became known to the government. Ukeis Dorish Ruve Lichros Sakliashalo, Hamushtalas Bugufasha Shimon, Lashivalo. The guy whose kidney was stolen from him saying, I want back my kidney. I want them to take it out of back out of the guy who was transplanted to him and put it back in me. He, that's his claim. Okay, Bitsoni Lishal, so the question this doctor is posing to the rabbi, he wants to ask, I don't think it was this was his patience, but probably he's asking theoretically, but this case happened. The question is, if they remove his kidney, he, the other guy has no functioning kidneys, he's going to die on the spot. So, can they do this? We're basically, they're killing Shimon now. Yes, Shimon stole the kidney from Reuven, but now, if they, prefer, if they actually return the kidney to Reuven, Shimon returns the kidney, he's dead. I put him on dialysis. So let's see, let's, let's see. Yeah. You don't get these questions in your... This, no, no, yeah. this is... What? Did Shimon know that this kidney was stolen? Did he know originally? Yeah. Well, he paid uh, Black Market, I'm assuming. He didn't know it was stolen maybe from this guy. He didn't know who they could get it from. But, but he knows it was Black Market. He knows that... Yeah, he says he paid a high sum of money for the kidney. So I'm assuming he paid a high sum of money. It's not going through his insurance company. Um, Obamacare. It's not Obamacare. Medubar Balfan Kizeh. So he continues with the question. Medubar Balfan Kizeh. Shall Reuven Nishra Odklia? So he says it happens to be that Reuven, the, the case we're talking about was Reuven, the original forced donor, had an, had another kidney, a healthy kidney. The Yachal He could live for up to 120 years with his original kidney. Reuven's still healthy, the, the donor. As Alan said before, maybe something will happen later in life that he can get injured. Yes. He is demanding his kidney back from Shimon. Um, he's ready to wait. He's a nice guy. I'm ready to wait till they find another kidney for Shimon. Okay. But if they don't find the kidney, I want my kidney back. Okay. Is it permitted to cut out the kidney of Reuven, Hamshteles, of the transplanter T, Eitzel Shimon, Limros Shimon Yamas Miad, if Shimon will die immediately? Okay, so you stole from me, give me back. Listen, the fact that you're going to die, you have to give me back what you stole from me. So, what would you say in that case? <laughs> Is it, it, like a it sounds option? a little bit like that one in Fiddler on the Roof with a horse, mule. What? It sounds like remember the fiddler on the roof. There was uh, the song with the, the song of the horse mule. He delivered a horse and mm -hmm. delivered delivered a mule. I haven't watched that in a long really time. I don't know. 
it's a long time, but it's like, wow. But isn't headache. it just a stolen object? I mean, isn't it just... Yes, I have to return it. Or, or the, the Torah says if I steal something... Or the value. That's a good point. I mean, who said, when, whenever you steal, well, the truth is like this. The Torah is... When it's a Pasuk in the Torah, I believe, that says... If you steal something, you have an obligation to return. It's actually two places. The Hei Shavlod, the Mitzvah, one and six. Right, and what if you don't return have the it? lost object. That's if you, if you don't have it, then you can give the value. But if you have it, the guy has no, a right. So let's say I stole your Rolex watch. It's not, it's and not, then, and it's then not they like find. a Rolex watch. You yeah. can't return it. Because according to this proposed story, he dies. Even though I could return it. True, I'll die. <laughs> he can't return it. I could, but I'll it's die. It's the same idea that you steal an ox. And, you, and the ox has children, and then the ox dies, and you you have value, and you have to right, just so they're good. The value. So I'll tell you. So the halacha is is interesting. And I, I don't know. I didn't see the answer, his answer yet, so I can't tell you what he's going to say. But the halacha is that if you steal a Rolex watch, and then you find it in your possession, you have to return it if it still exists. But let's say, let's say I stole the watch and I pimped it up, okay, or I stole a car. The car is still in existence, but I pimped it up. I changed out the tires and I put in a more horsepower with the engine. So that, the halach is at that point, I don't have to return, meaning it's no longer yours. Once, normally when I steal something from you, it still belongs to you. Therefore, if it's still in my possession, you can go ahead and take it back. It's yours. It never belonged to me. But once I pimped something up, once I pimped it up, so it, it no longer belongs to you. Once it's called shinoi, so now I'm Kona, the, the ganav, the rob, the stealer, owns it once he changes it. And now he only has to pay back the value, but he can keep the object. That's the halach. So meaning if I steal a car and then I pimp up the car, I don't have to return the car to you. If the car is the way it was, I have to but return it. You have to give, you you have to give the value, have, yeah. I have, I have to, to return the value of the, the current value of the car or the value before you put it. So that's a whole question. That's a very interesting question. Do I, do I give you what the insurance would pay? Or what God, the that's all right. So the point is here, you could make the argument, which uh, maybe you are, is the, the, the kidney is now pimped up. It's changed. It's, oh, it's, not, it's not the original kidney. The same kidney. Meaning, that once they put, make changes to the kidney, which I'm assuming I don't know so much about uh, transplant surgery. Yeah, I'm saying no. I'm saying even just tying it. Now it's in a body. A kidney in a body is worth probably more I mean, than a kidney on the shelf in the freezer, right? So maybe not, <laughs> actually. So no, it's meaning once they made improvements or changed the kidney, it now belongs to me. And now I only have to give you the value. Now the question is, how do I assess value of the kidney? So that there's, I guess you can go with the black market rates. Yeah, well, they don't have the money. Again. Yeah, if, if, if there's money everywhere, then you just pay money. No, no but I'm saying that's for simple. I, I'm pay. paying money. I would have to pay to have it retransplanted, and what about and then there's tsar, repoid boshas, meaning all the pain and suffering yeah, and whatever yeah. it is, stress. So there's a lot more than just the kidney. I'm, I'm guessing. I didn't see what his answer is. But, uh, but um, so let, me, let me quickly just... That's actually a short answer. So let me see what he says, and then we'll next week we'll continue. Question, the, the, the bigger question we'll say in a second. Well, let me just, so he posed this question to his father-in-law, the, this writer, and his father-in-law was Rebel Yashiv. So he says like this, He answered like this, first time I'm reading this, There's really no prohibition in taking the kidney from Shimon to, and returning it to Reuven, and it's not murder. Because the only way Shimon's alive is because he's living off Reuven's kidney, right? Right. He's only living with my blood, so to speak, my kidney. Mm-hmm. Okay. He really 
he would have been a dead man if not for Shimon's kid, if not for Reuven's kidney anyway. that he stole. Okay, Nimtzah Shruvan Lashavach Dama Shimon. You can't say I killed. If I take back my kidney, I didn't kill you. You were dead without my kidney. Okay, you happen to be. You stole it. Now you're alive because of my kidneys. But that's. So I'm not killing around. you. He's about to turn the logic around, though. Keep going. <laughs> of course he is. This is but not going where it's going. <laughs> okay, it says, Because <laughs> Shimon's blood is not his blood, meaning, so to speak. Right? It's, it's not, uh, it doesn't belong to him. Emnam, but. If Ruvain would come and. And uh, and try to convince his son Benohaim, son of his mother, Litram Kliel Shimon, to donate a kidney to Shimon, meaning to the to the guy who the receiver, who and he'll live with the extra kid with his extra leftover kidney, the one kidney. There's a mitzvah to do that, right? As we know, donating a kidney is a beautiful thing in Judaism. We believe he has to uh, now ask his son, his brother. No, no. Once I'm just saying, in general, what we're his saying is... Mother, his brother. His brother. Right, to donate, meaning the point is, donating a kidney is actually a mitzvah. But he doesn't okay. want to have the mitzvah himself, he'd rather his brother so have one the second. Wait, wait, so he says, he's just talking theoretically, let's see, I have no idea where he's going with this, let's see. Imyanik chayim v'yitrum esklia. One second. Imyanik chayim v'yitrum esklia. He removes it while he's alive, and he donates his kidney. Avakolod Ruvain low mask and literus klyasai. As long as Ruvain, so that's true. In general, it's a mitzvah to donate a kidney, to donate some kidney. But um, I can't force someone, right? I can't if he doesn't agree, right? Ain't been itilas and mishimon isritzicha. There's no. It's not. Pro, it's not murder if he takes it from Shimon. Lachein limros shishimon beis chay. To rule that Shimon, when he's alive, okay. While Shimon's alive, he says there's no. Technically, there would be no prohibition of taking his kidney to return it to his rightful owner. but practically, You have to do whatever you can. Any, every option in the world. To find for Shimon another kidney. And Reuven should wait until they do everything possible to find Shimon a kidney. They should not remove Reuven's kidney, even though technically he's saying it's not murder. He's saying it's not so murder if they would. Just don't do anything. No, no. Leave it. No, no find, another, find another kidney for Shimon and, and then, and and then remove it. And if you don't? Meaning, meaning that itself is a chedesh, by the way, because, like, listen, just get me another kidney. Get the, but his guy's saying, no, I want my kidney back. So he's saying he has every right to request his kidney back. And if you take it from Shimon, technically you didn't kill him, even though he'll die. He's not considered murder. You killed so him. So you don't you do that. not murder. But you still don't do that. So you so practically you don't, don't do it. Do it. I try to find Shimon every possible... Uh, this is all said. If there's other possibilities. And there's no other option. He says, Even according to those opinions, which we don't, it's not a normative opinion, that you're obligated to donate a kidney. To someone else, there's a mitzvah and it's an obligation. In if the person doesn't want to donate, meaning, meaning, he's saying ideally, Ruvain, if he's a nice guy, should say, I want to help this guy Shimon, and I want to donate my kidney to, and let it stay by him. So he was saying, against as well. Okay, so but still, so now, but I still have a mitzvah. If I give it, if I leave it with him, and we're still getting a mitzvah, then I help, I save the guy's life. Okay. All right. So he says. Um, <laughs> So he says, 
Again, if you give if you give a ruling that he has to return it, it's not considered murder. Because he's taking back what belongs to me. I didn't kill Shimon. It's not my problem. I'm taking what belongs to me. Kolshkin, Ruven, Mesukan, Shimon, Mesukan. He says, let's say they're both in danger. Ruven, Mechunemich. Okay. Bottom line is, he says, Maker Adin, Ain't Esalit is a clear, based on the on the letter of the law, there's no prohibition to take back the kidney, Mishimon, and return to Ruven. Ach Mitzvah Atzuma, but it's a great Mitzvah, Lashpia Ruven, to convince Ruven that he should uh, give up on his kidney. Um, for the sake of Shem. It's going to come down to money. So he doesn't know the answer. I think the whole thing is about money. <laughs> it's just money. The whole thing yeah. is about money. They pay, he pays 100000 for the kidney, and then he tells Ruben, I'm really sorry, you're right, I'll pay you a half a million dollars. Okay, can we call it a day? Yeah, maybe maybe that'll work. That's, saying that's the best. This whole thing is this about money. This is just money. a business mm-hmm. transaction. No, but I'm saying it's gone against well, his will. No, there's no moral issue here. It's gone against his will. I understand. No, no, there is a moral issue. I'm going to kill him if I take it back. And he's saying no, you're allowed no, to do that. If he, he, he started off dead. Oh, okay. Right. So then then he's he's saying, you're agreeing to that logic? Are you agreeing to that logic? And now you're taking it back. It's a big thing. At the end of the day, I'm murdering him. It's not a thing. It's business. To me, it sounds like follow the money and you'll find yeah. what's every, what's, what, what, why it's all Okay, so next, well, well, first of all, I'm not sure I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to be here next week. Actually, next week. <coughs> I'll email everyone. I might be out of town, but... Either way, the next the question we didn't answer today was why what happened to the chaybet? It was based on this verse that we're saying you have you're allowed to you should be allowed to steal. So how Correct. so what how does that work? Why is there not a problem with the So we'll answer that next time. Whenever we money. All right. Cool. It's all about the money. Speaking of money, uh, did you understand? My daughter's coming to interview today. I office, heard. But, I heard. But it's not about the money. You understand? It's just about so care. Yeah, but I'm saying she's ready, she doesn't want money. I don't know if because the guy who called her. Um, yes, he's very nice. And he's super he, great. And does he understand that it's for free? I'm not sure because he's. But it has to be a hundred hours, two hundred. No, no. It could be whatever you could give her. She's not only going to get it here. She's going to get it. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know if he understands that to make sure because he's also he's sent to this thing, which is the the job that's open. Thank you.